0: Live from the heartland and the crossroads of America, it's Tony Katz Today. Yesterday, Fox News agreed to pay nearly $800 million to end the defamation suit brought by Dominion Voting Systems after Fox spent months lying about the 2020 election. It's one of the largest settlements ever in a defamation case. Trial or no trial, the world sees that Fox News knowingly and intentionally lied to the country about the 2020 election. Now, if you're shocked by Chuck Schumer, Senate Majority Leader, saying this, don't worry. He said the same exact thing when CNN talked about Russia, Russia, Russia. And he said the same thing about MSNBC when they refused to talk about hunter biden's laptop oh yeah i i you think i'd make that up you think i would make that up like i wouldn't come with the receipts how long have we known each other i have got the exclusive audio of chuck schumer talking about both of those things Mm -hmm. Uh uh-huh see see i I told you anybody surprised by this anybody surprised at all that chuck schumer would read this into the record it's who he is no shock whatsoever and i'm sure that if i went through i would find uh the the series of republicans that talked about um that talked about cnn and the settlement with nick sandman I always think I'm saying that wrong. Sandman. Is it Sandman? Do I have to say it that clear? Sandman? Do I have to do it like that? I don't, I, I don't know. Tony Katz. What's going on? Tony Katz today. 833. Got Tony. 833-468-8669. I've been asking this question, do I think? Do you think uh, Fox News uh, should have um, uh, settled? Do you think they, 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 they should have settled? And I, I just don't, based on... Listening to to some people I know who have an expertise and reading, I I don't think there was any other, I don't think there was any other option. And I know that this is, you know, really taking so much uh, uh, of the the news cycle, but it isn't the only thing going on. And I'm going to get more into it later because I, I, I do think that it has to be covered. I think it's important that it's covered. I think that we would be foolhardy not to to share. But I also want to get into this concept of ethical. Because one could argue if Fox knew what they were saying wasn't true and said it anyway because it'd be good for ratings, that's unethical. I can say the same thing about CNN or MSNBC or anybody else, like for example, the New York Times, the New York Times, the other day shared a, a story and they had put it out in a tweet. And of course, they, they've got the article um, from the ethicist. That's right. The New York Times wants to tell you about how to be ethical. The article reads, my grandmother has Alzheimer's. Do I need to keep visiting her? Oh my, this is a, this is a statement. This is a statement. My 94 year old grandmother was diagnosed with Alzheimer's. I make a point of visiting her every month or two. Am I obligated to continue to visit my grandmother even after she ceases to remember me? The idea that we would even ask, if this is an ethical question, is it a prime example, a prime example of how absolutely far we have fallen. I'm going to share a story with you. And I do not know if my mother knows this story or not. And I know she listens to the show. I'm going to share a story with you I've not shared with my mother because it involves my mother. I wasn't planning on doing this. Forgive me if I cry. My grandmother, Ethel, who came to this country from Poland as a child, she was a teenager. She was one of five sisters. One of five sisters, and one of those sisters got sent back because she had an ear infection. Got sent back to Poland in the early 30s because of an ear infection. Um, let's be clear. Poland was not the place for a young Jewish girl in the early to mid 30s. 1930s. My mother, my grandmother came to, to uh, America got married uh, met her husband uh, my grandfather as they were studying english in night school and built a family in brooklyn new york and at the end of her life um it wasn't alzheimer's i think it was dementia is is the way it would get discussed and and i can clearly remember clearly remember that my I I would try to have conversations with my grandmother and and it it was not easy. And I learned that my grandmother would talk to me because she would see my picture on the wall in her apartment and think that I was there to those people who have experienced this. This is, Oh, I've got my own story for some people. This may be something like, wait, this happens. This happens far too often. Um, um, When my uh, when a friend of mine, a a business partner of, of mine, and even though we don't have a business today, I still call him my business partner. One of my dearest friends in the world. We went to college together and he's the reason I moved to Los Angeles because he had an idea and the idea was spectacular. And I was willing to put every dime I could into the idea, move my family to Los Angeles and proceeded to lose everything I owned. The only guy in the world I could think of where I could lose everything, including my house back in Florida, because I moved from Florida to California. We closed the bank account we had lost. We closed the bank account. It was a Bank of America, Porter Ranch, California. We walked out of the bank, and I looked at him and I said, "Want to grab lunch?" That's a friend. That's a friend. And his mother is an absolutely, I said is, I apologize, was an absolutely spectacular woman. When I was in college at Arizona State and he had transferred to Arizona State, meeting her was a revelation. Strong, fiery, worked in Hollywood, was convinced I should move to Hollywood immediately. I was going to be a star. What's wrong with me? Why am I here? A total believer just as decent as the day is long. And then one ailment after another ailment, and then her mind started to go and started to slip. And there came a moment where my dear friend's mother didn't recognize him. That is a heavy and brutal moment. In life, And the only advice that I could give, because there are no words, I I have no idea what I'm supposed to say to you. All I know is I'm a friend and I'm going to be right here if you want to say something to me. It's the only thing I know. I'm going to be right here. You want to talk to me, I'm right here. The only thing I, I, I said to him, because it's something that I believe having thought about this a little bit and having had some experiences of my own that I'll get into is that when the moment comes when your mother doesn't remember you. And I mean this for myself as well. When my mother doesn't remember me, well, that's the moment I'm no longer talking to my mother or dealing with my mother. This is not my mother. My mother left she passed i have an obligation to take care of this woman in front of me i have an obligation to do it she may have forgotten who i am but she didn't forget that woman is gone and now this woman is here and this woman needs my help and my job, never mind as a son, but as a person, as a human being who has real emotions and connection, my job is to take care of her. The fact that she's forgotten who I am means nothing to whether or not I have forgotten who she is. Over the course of the past, year. Let's let's say the entirety of 2022. The entirety of 2022. Uh maybe maybe longer. You know what? Maybe longer than that. Um my mother has been ill. Only recently is she to a massive extent out of the woods. That my mother has been ill with a series of of things that have had an absolute impairment on her mental state. When I tell you she's much better now, it is, it is remarkable to speak to my mother now because I had been convinced I had my last cogent conversation with my mother about eight months ago. Now, a lot of people have been through a lot of things, far worse than me. But to actually put your head to the idea that I have had my last cogent conversation, my last real substantive conversation with your parent, that is rough. For many people, it is, I remember my last conversation with my father and then he passed away two days later or something like that. This is different. Because nobody's passing away, they're right there, you can see them eye to eye. But my mother's condition in, 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 in the head was so, ten- uh, is tenuous the right word? Screwed, maybe screwed is the right word. I turned to my wife and I said, there's no way I'm going to be okay if that's the last conversation we ever had. Because, and my mother won't remember this. I don't think she'd remember this today. I don't think it went well. That conversation is seared in my head. That conversation sucked. That is not... The last, you know, the conversation, like, like, the, you know, the last thing I said to my dad was, "Hey, Dad, I'm in the middle of a business call. Can I call you back?" Like one of those. You're like, "Oh, oh, this was worse. This was worse." I, I will not. No, I will not share it. No, 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 no. <laughs> I'm half a mess right now. I'm not going the whole way. By sheer luck, force of will, not giving up, trying to figure out what was going on. Um the things that were causing the the, the, the mental malady have been able to be resolved. And I am overjoyed to know that my last conversation, cogent conversation, was not the last one i am I am a man of good fortune in in that regard, because i I really thought, dear Lord, who who your ninety four year old grandmother was diagnosed with Alzheimer's writes this uh, ethicist at the New York Times. I make a point of visiting her every month or two. Am I obligated to continue my visit? To visit my grandmother, even after she ceases to remember me. Now, the question of what what is her answer, I think is less important than the idea of the question. The idea of the question, first of all, engages the term obligated, as in... The very childlike, "Uh, do I have to obligate? It's a real, real um, turn of phrase, if you will. Um, And as they write, there's a reason Alzheimer's disease is known as the long goodbye. The condition means that we lose more and more of a loved one day by day. And and your your tribute to your grandmother makes it clear how difficult all this has been. But when you think about a future when your grandmother's deterioration has progressed even further, you should bear in mind that it won't arrive at any clear date. Whatever is noble about visiting people in those circumstances, it isn't that you're truly helping them. Perhaps it's akin to, uh, to tending a grave, something you do in honor of a past you shared. Yet other considerations matter more. If your grandmother's anything like mine, your well-being will have been a priority of hers. This includes your emotional well-being. Someone who needs to look after young children certainly must also look after herself. I never said you shouldn't look after your kids. I can't, look at, I can't go visit my grandmother because I have to look after my kids. I will state it again. She may have forgotten who you are. But you didn't forget who she is. So while it may be hard, and there could be a million things that prevent you, location, geography, uh, uh, cost, etc., she may have forgotten who you are. But why are you so desirous to forget who she is, was? This isn't an ethical question. This is a... Please tell me I'm not a bad person because I don't want to see her because she's old and she wets herself. And it's just gross. When I discuss the societal problems we have, let's put this as exhibit A. Diane's fine, by the way. That's my mother. And hopefully she'll be fine for a long time to come. I'm Tony Katz. Marjorie Taylor Greene going some scorched earth on Eric Swalwell. I know this is petty, but it's just too good not to share. Tony Katz, Tony Katz today. Here you go. Our rhetoric and to denounce anti-Semitism and anti-police rhetoric. That's Eric Swalwell. So that Jewish Americans and police officers can be safer. Congressman, I do. Thank you. And I yield back. And now, Marjorie. The gentleman over. yields. And now I recognize the gentlelady from Georgia, Miss Green. That was quite entertaining from someone that had a sexual relationship with a Chinese spy. And everyone knows it. But I move for to take our words down. Yeah. Completely inappropriate. Yes, yeah, stand by just a second while we research the rule. Uh- <laughs> you have to research a rule? We're not used to members of Congress sleeping with Chinese spies and still being here. So we're gonna need a we're gonna need a minute here just to just to see what's happening. Let me check the rule book. Let me just check it. All right, right here. Um, um, nope. Turns out you can't say that. Turns out you can't say that. Um, and oddly enough, Eric Swalwell gets to stay. Huh? What do you know about that? rough crowd rough oh that's so good that's so good and Eric Swalwell is so what's the word I'm looking for awful I believe that's the word I'm looking for this is while they were speaking with the uh, Homeland Security Secretary Alejandro Mayorkas who I'm pretty sure I will not see on my trip to the southern border next week I'm in McAllen, Texas. I'm going to bring everything I can from the border, every bit of reporting. Any, I'm going to try and get as many conversations as possible. going to try and get them all. This is Tony Katz today on uh, Twitter at Tony Katz. But again, we have been uh, consistently providing updates uh, to, uh, to the community. Quickly, one more on Sudan. Uh, given that the president said last year that the U.S. Grin Jean-Pierre back in the saddle. It's, it's not like she ever left the saddle. But she actually had, I, I haven't seen a press briefing in forever. I don't know, just bad timing with the show or whatever it is. And the, and the traveling to Ireland, wherever the case may be. She's answering questions. Good on her. The problem is she never actually answers the question. And I am stunned that the press corps is still taking this level of abuse. She doesn't answer, she reads. Tony Katz, Tony Katz today, good to be with you. Find everything, Tony Katz.locals.com. Tony Katz.locals.com. That's what she does, she reads. That's everything. I mean, this answer right here. As well. The toll has been high with initial estimated civilian deaths of more than 270 access to hospitals and vital medical services have been severely disrupted. Now, I'm not suggesting that what she's talking about isn't serious and if she's giving some some data that it might be something that's written down. She writes down everything. Everything comes off the binder. Nothing is her actually answering questions and speaking to the press corps. It is her giving the prepared answer, which doesn't require an actual briefing. It's not necessary. So why does why why do I care? I'm right not to cover. I used to cover them. Right? I used to to take a look at them and 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 what are they saying? Because I do think that it matters in in a way. I think that it's important that we are on the same page of what it is that we're hearing so we can then decide what it is that we heard actually means. But what we're hearing is is a press release. That's all it is. It's a press release. We're not getting insight. We're not getting understanding. We're not getting answers. We're not getting connection and connectivity. The press corps has been talking about this for years now with, uh, really I should say a year. Because with Jen Psaki, while I thought Jen Psaki was extremely dismissive and, and wholly insulting, even the whole circle back thing. Do you remember circle back? I'll circle back on that, I'll circle back on that, I'll circle back on that. Even that eventually got worked out and she got the answers to people. She was able to provide them information. She did this. And and while I'm, I'm not a fan and I'm not a fan of her politics and and I've seen some of the things she does on her MSNBC show and I'm like, dear Lord, how is it possible she makes more money than I do? Um, she at least got those answers to that press corps. No, 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 not Corinne Jean-Pierre. Not Corinne Jean-Pierre. And we should be clear about something, uh, because honesty matters. If what you're touting about Corinne Jean-Pierre is that she's the first black gay press secretary in history, you're not talking about her qualifications. You're, you're not. And I want to talk about qualifications, the press corps wants to hear about qualifications. Once you give me this historic first stuff, and by the way, everything's historic. Oh, this is historic. That's historic. Your mother's historic. It's all historic. But it's a second your mother joke that I have made uh, today. I don't know what's with me. I don't know if there's a third in me, but I will. I will figure that out. She doesn't do the job, and the press corps is disgusted. They're not getting answers, and they have had more than one blow up in the briefing room about this. So I had, based on seeing this and knowing a little bit uh, about how they work, certainly no expertise. I said uh, they're going to they're going to turn. The press won't turn, right? The Joy reads the 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 uh, the CNNs. Uh, they're the, they're not going to turn. The View is not going to turn uh, on Corinne Jean Pierre. The press corps is different because they see themselves as different. And when you lie to them, they get wicked unhappy. They don't like that. They are the ones who say, you know, you have to answer our questions. You don't get to not answer our questions. Just who the hell do you think you are? You think that we're going to... Put up with your just reading an answer off of a off of a page in a binder? You're a phony. Hey, this guy's a great big phony. We're not going to put up with that at all. We demand better. You give us some stock answer that you could have given us via email? Missed it by that much. We're not going to put up with that. But yet somehow they're putting up with it. And so I'm asking myself, wait a second, what am I missing here? What am I missing that they're going to continue to accept this lack of 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 transparency, this lack of engagement? Well, Tony, you don't understand how much they're in 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 the in the tank for for Joe Biden. I understand that on on the groups that I just talked about, but is the answer? look, there's nothing you're going to do. These people aren't going to change. And, and, and is what I'm witnessing, what we're all witnessing, is a press corps that has given up and been like, you know what, this is all we're going to get. She stinks, and that's all there is. She's terrible. She's never going to give another answer. We're going to try every now and again. We'll try and get things done behind the scenes, but this is all there is. That's ugly. That's really ugly. That's, that, is, that is not a way to want to, to do things. But Corinne Jean-Pierre is not the only story going on out there. It's just I, I happened to catch part of it. I was like, oh, look at this. Look look at what's happening. Let's also look at the United Nations. This report uh, that says they're normalizing pedophilia. Whenever you see something like that, you, you take a moment and be like, wait, let me give a read. Don't take the headline for the headline. I mean, that headline came from the Daily Wire. UN backed report suggests normalizing pedophilia, decriminalizing all sexual activity. Take a breath, take a beat, read. It is important to read. This is a report that got published last month. And it's part of a series of groups that come out of the United Nations. And we should be clear, I'm no fan of the UN. The UN is damaging to a civil society because these are not people who believe in the civil society. They believe in their power to control the society. Much different. So this was a human rights-based analysis as written on the impact of criminal laws prescribing sexual and reproductive health rights, consensual sexual activity, and gender identity. So you've got the International Committee of Jurists uh, and the Office of the High Commissioner for Human Rights publishing the report. Now, those terminologies, the International Committee of Jurists, the High Commissioner for Human Rights, I, did I elect the High Commissioner? Because if I did not elect the High Commissioner then I don't want to hear thing one from the high commissioner. So one of the things that gets said in, in, in this is that indeed sex, drug use, HIV, sexual reproductive health, homelessness, and poverty should be to some level decriminalized. Sexual conduct involving persons below the domestically prescribed minimum age of consent to sex may be consensual in fact if not in law. Whoa! You know, I've talked about this with the people who are saying, well, a child can decide when they have an abortion. A child can decide their gender. So you're saying that a child can make this medical decision for themselves. Therefore, you're giving the children agency. And if you give children agency, they can make all sorts of decisions, medical decisions, and, of course, who they love and how. And it is creepy. It is creepy. And, of course, abusive. And, of course, disgusting. Anybody who doesn't protect children is not somebody worth knowing. And any society that doesn't protect children cannot be an actual society. It simply cannot take place. And yet here is the above it all um, progressive, socialist, communist, whatever they want to call themselves, leftists. Making this kind of statement, pursuant to their evolving capacities and progressive autonomy, persons under 18 years of, eight years of age should participate in decisions affecting them with due regard to their age, maturity, and best interest, and with specific attention to non-discrimination guarantees. Translation, kiss off parents, we've got your kids now. That is exactly what's being said. Listen to that statement again and you realize how much and how little it says at the same time. Pursuant to their evolving capacities and progressive autonomy, persons under 18 years of age should participate in decisions affecting them with due regard to their age, maturity, and best interests, and with specific attention to non-discrimination guarantees. Nowhere is the parent mentioned. The parent is not mentioned, but check that out. Pursuant to their evolving capacities and progressive autonomy, did they grow a third arm? Did somehow they get to some higher level of being in this generation than they were in generations, three generations past? That's what they're saying. Kids today are smarter so they can handle themselves better. The hell they can. You just want to handle the kids. Let's say it as it is. Because if you didn't want to handle the kids, you wouldn't make a statement like this. This report, as reported, took five years to develop. It involves feedback and reviews from jurists, academics, legal practitioners, human rights defenders, and civil society organizations. Um, this seems to be uh, a group of people who said, how can we further build our global world and put aside the things that keep us from our global world. And one of the things that keeps people from their global world is not just Western civilization, but is the family. We go back to Black Lives Matter. And I know this upsets Joy Reid, but who actually gives a damn if Joy Reid's upset? Black Lives Matter is a terrible organization, is a Marxist organization, certainly run by Marxists, and doesn't believe in Western civilization, doesn't believe in the family. Of course I don't support it, and I suggest you not support it either. You supporting a friend who is black, you may being black, you may be black and you support other people who are black, that is different than supporting the organization Black Lives Matter, which is a Marxist organization. I said it then, I say it now, I will say it for forever. A terrible awful organization run by people who scammed Americans of all stripes out of millions of dollars, especially businesses who wrote a check to black lives matter to say, see, I'm a good person. We're a good company. We're decent people. Please don't hurt us. And then so the, so the check went out and then the money went to Patrice colors who bought some houses and, uh, and asked some family that bought some houses and no black businesses were helped at all. None. That, those are facts. Just facts, nothing more, uh, n- not, not, nothing less. But they said that they oppose the idea of the family. Because Marxists oppose the idea of the family. Because the family prevents the Marxist from being able to have control of the child. And therefore controlling the society. They oppose anything that allows you to get in their way. And you know what allows you to get in their way? This idea that somehow children need to be protected from them. And that parents do the protecting. We see this on the education side all the time. Who do parents think they are trying to get involved in their kids' education? They're not trained. Only we can teach these kids. What about the people who said it it takes a village? When I I brought this up the other day. And it's so important to remember when Melissa uh, Harris-Perry, who was with uh, MSNBC said that, you know, she, they did these ads. You know, the, the pe- people talk about their kids. The, the kids don't belong to the parents. The kids belong to us. That was nothing more than a, a lead-in to these conversations where they believe that your children shouldn't actually be yours. They are opposed to the idea that you see your children in an ownership way. My kids are mine, not yours, and I'm really willing to fight. I mean, if it, if it costs me everything and I mean everything, well, so be it. It's worth the fight. I've determined that they're worth it. And yet they keep going at it and keep going at it and try to engage this this breakdown of society. And somehow telling kids that you don't have to listen to your parents, you don't have to do this, you don't have to do that, you're, you're smart, you're capable, you can decide for yourself, and they try and cleave the parent from the child. And this is what they were doing in colleges for years, and then all of a sudden, a few years back, they decided, screw it, let's do it in middle school. And parents were like, what the hell? And they were like, you be quiet, you domestic terrorist. And parents were like, say what? And that's how we are. Uh, we all got to here. That's, uh, that's how we all got to this place. The United Nations, of course, is the enemy. The people who don't believe in Western civilization are, of course, the enemy. The enemy. So just say it. Just that way. And I get that not many people are reporting on this story because Fox News and settling and all that. There are things more important than Fox News settling. Just so we all understand each other. I'm Tony Katz. This is Tony Katz today. Seven people in Florida were indicted for a Russian influence campaign in the U.S. You think the Chinese uh, police stations are something. Good Lord. Tony Katz. Tony Katz today. What's going down? Three Russian nationals, four Americans indicted. A grand jury in Tampa indicting the seven individuals trying to sow discord and spread Russia or pro-Russian propaganda within the U S these three Russian nationals, four U S citizens charged with working on behalf of the Russian government and Russian federal service security service to conduct a foreign malign influence campaign in the United States, recruiting funding, directing us political groups to act as unregistered agents of the Russian government to spread pro-Russia propaganda. Well, as the church lady would say, isn't that special. That's a thing. That's a thing right there. So you've got China, you've got Russia. How much more do we need before we start saying, you know what? Maybe we got to understand who the enemy is. And the enemy is not people who won't tell or won't say my proper pronoun. Maybe your pronoun doesn't matter. Wait, hold on. It doesn't matter. Doesn't matter what pronoun you use for me. We got to deal with this. The Russians, the Chinese. What's our plan? How do we fight? Oh, that's right. We've got Joe Biden. We don't fight at all. Republicans aren't doing much better, by the way. We have enemies. And they have to be fought because they're fighting us. Doesn't matter if you want the war. It's here. Time for some people to grow up and get on with the fighting. I'm Tony Katz. This is Tony Katz. Today, find everything Tony Katz. Com.